Did you want to say something? No. Say something. What do you want me to say? I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I am <laughs> Sarah's currently trying to work from home right now. Yes. And I am distracting her. I was standing in uh, our dining room just now. I was about to go in the studio and record this daily Guinness episode. And I, 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 I was just standing here staring off into space. And Sarah looks over at me and says, what the hell's your problem? And I said, I'm trying to figure out how to convey this information that I think is interesting, but not sound like a freaking self-help influ- cheese ball influencer. So Sarah goes, well, all right, what are you, what, what are you con- talking about today? And I started talking to her. And instantly when I freaking start, started talking to Sarah, I was like, oh, I should just record this because it just feels natural talking to you. Sure. And then Sarah rolled her eyes in the, so far back in her head that activated her gag reflex. And she puked all over the table and then said, well, you can find you can just record the podcast in here. But I'm going to keep working at the same time. Okay. Here's but the I am di- listening. Yeah. That's Take it away, Robbie. All right. Here's the deal. What? I had asked you. I first had asked you, is it about Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? It's about both. Three, the title of this, I'm, I'm going to call this um, Three Ways Breaking Bad Helped My Music Career. But I also, because I'm. Trying to get better at some of these clickbaity titles, and I was going to say, also one of the options for the title of this was "Breaking Bad Made Me a Music Director for Owl City." Intriguing. It is intriguing. I know that it sounds far-fetched, but there are three things that I learned from interviews listening to Breaking Bad character uh, characters, uh, actors talk about the story behind the making of Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul that really inspired me. First of all, the one I found really important was, by the way, you and I, when did you watch Breaking Bad for the first time? When do you think? Because you didn't start watching it right when it first came out. No, but it was still airing, or whatever the word is. So, early 2010s? 2014, yeah. 15? Yeah, that's interesting you said airing because the first, my first point on this is do work that lasts. And the whole story of Breaking Bad starting is that, like, it really didn't have a viewership or a real fan base until the fourth season. Because it wasn't streaming until the fourth season. It was just air. It was actually airing the first three seasons, I'm pretty sure. And the uh, it was going up against um, Mad Men was kind of its direct competition. And I was watching Mad Men like from the beginning when it came out. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I had like my friends that really love like good TV and good film were all raving about about Breaking Bad and it was on my list to check it out but it just took me forever to get into it and apparently I'm not the only one so there was this massive like freak out by the the production team and the cast they knew they were creating something really good but it took a while for their for their thing to find its legs 
And, it, and like, so the story of like this reminds me of Leslie Nielsen, who acted in movies like Airplane and Police Squad. I think it was Police Squad that was on TV. He had like a like a, a TV show was that was in the same kind of comedic vein as all of that, and it wasn't doing well. So they were questioning, okay, maybe this this comedy style people don't like this, so they're just not getting it. Well, what they found out was that the medium on which people were taking in television that it was too it's it it's the type of comedy that you need to be you need to be paying attention to like a full length feature film and it doesn't necessarily work for if people are just passing by the TV and you're not fully engaged mm-hmm. in it so for them they took a while with his a few of his like comedy projects took a while for those to get off the ground because it had to find its own medium like breaking bad had to find its audience in a way, and I'm, that is, I just I, I remember hearing that years ago and realizing the number one goal is to do work that lasts, do stuff that's meaningful and as timeless as possible. Like not chase out what the current trends are, and just trust that water finds its level, that good art finds its audience. So, anyways. I found that super meaningful. The second thing, and this is this is what has to do with the Owl City music director role, is I I say I feel like I learned specifically from the situation with the character Jesse Pinkman, and the the second thing for me was always do more than what's expected of you, and the story behind the character of Jesse Pinkman was man years ago I, I heard this in an interview too, he was only hired to do like one episode, maybe two episodes at the very top of Breaking oh, Bad. Nice. But he, he came in and he was so engaged in the project and he, would, his, he did such a great job that instantly people fell in love with his character and he became like this really, he was gonna be, I think he was gonna get killed off, but he was so engaging and did so well that they had to keep him in the show. And he, and he, he took what was just going to be a, a contract for a couple episodes turned into being a main character for the entire show and this huge part of it. Uh, and I just think about that. Like, okay, there's not, I don't have any like cheesy examples of what he did or his technique or how he did that. But just the thought of bringing more to the table, even if you have a smaller role, really impacted me. And I have a, I have a shitload of examples of other, um, the people that have done this in their careers. But for me in music, it was always coming in specifically, like if I just, if I'm hired just to be a bass player, I'm never just doing the bass player thing. I know this sounds freaking uh, cheesy, but I decided to not work for artists, but instead to think of it as partnering with artists. And so I would always do more than expect me. One of the ways I did that was, I would always be the one to uh, print set lists or we're doing a rehearsal. I'd be the one that would take notes at the end of a rehearsal and then show up the next day and be like, okay, these are the things we had mentioned at the end of it. What do you guys want to hit? Even though it wasn't technically my job, I wasn't getting paid more to do this. And I just because of that, because I started doing all these things that were more more than was expected of me, by the time we went on on tour, and they needed someone to be in that quote music director role. I was already doing the work. And so they just had me continue to be in that role. How's work going, by the way, Hofi? 
Oh, slow. Bad internet. <laughs> Her internet is really shit right now. I have. So, yeah, doing more, no matter how small my thing, has always stuck with me. And I notice when other people do that. I have a few other friends, I like the ones to like come in, I see, okay, this is their first time. I've been playing with an artist for a while and this is their first time subbing in and they're taking steps and like offering to help out more. They're going above and beyond. And I feel like it's a super pro move. Um, okay, so that's that one. I feel like there was, I thought I had something else with that. I don't know. Okay, the third one is I don't have a title. Well, I don't have a title for this what this third thing I learned was, but here's a situation I find freaking fascinating. It is that um, Bob Odenkirk, who plays uh, Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad, he was hired on to do four episodes at the end of season two. And he had never really what he considered, he says he, he says he's never acted before that he, because he's a comedic writer and he's done, he had like a sketch comedy show that he did for, I think it was called like Mr. Robot. Uh, and he did sketch comedy, so he's in front of camera before, but he never truly like acted what he would consider that. So he's brought into these four things. So it's a huge opportunity. It's, uh, this is rolling the, this is, he's like pumped about this situation to come in and he finds out after doing the first episode that he was contractually obligated to miss the fourth episode that he was going to do with Breaking Bad. That fourth one, he had a contract, uh, what happened? A jam. Looked like blood. <laughs> <laughs> was that, was, uh, I uh, I'm telling this and Sarah's looking at her hand like. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> just, it's just uh, jelly on your hand. Jam. J jam from lunch. Anyways, <laughs> the, uh, he, he was supposed to do four episodes. Uh, the very fourth one he actually couldn't do because he had a contract with, I think it was um, How I Met Your Mother. To, oh. So there was a scheduling conflict and he was super, he was freaking out. Like, I can't do this episode. This, this is it. I'm done. This is a really negative experience. Obviously, anybody in that situation. I mean, count. I can't count how many times. Like he was worried he looked bad. He was worried he'd look bad. He was worried about uh, the scheduling conflict. Like, by, it is so, in like the world of arts and music, or whatever, it is so freaking frustrating that it seems like when it is dry season, it's dry season. And when it rains, it pours. I cannot tell you how many times I've been, I mean, you know this, Hovey, when I, like, I've, I, I've had a stretch where I've just stuff is super slow and then I get something, I get asked to do something. I'm really pumped about it. And then I get asked to do something else and it just happens to be in the same time zone, like the scheduling conflicts, like the fear that comes in, like, Oh man, if I turn this other thing down that I'm going to miss out on so many opportunities, uh, is the standard way of thinking for myself. And a lot of friends have experienced this too. Uh, so he's going through that, but because uh, he honored his contract with How I Met Your Mother. The, so they had to figure out a way to keep the storyline going in that that uh, episode of Breaking Bad. So they invented a character to kind of take the place of what Saul Goodman was doing in the episode. And that ca that character was Mike Ermintrout. Oh. Is that how his name is? Yeah, Ermintrout. Trout. And I cannot remember the actor's name for the life of me right now. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, this, 
he was literally just bought, but he was just brought on to do this one episode just to keep to fill in because they needed they had this character and the story needed to be moving in this certain direction. His one little freaking contract opportunity for one episode turned out to be one of my favorite characters in the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. He stuck around and then freaking a co like a co-lead in when they did the Better Call Saul series that Sarah and I are in the middle of watching right now. It's crazy. By the way, this is really stupid because I um if I feel like I'm doing if I'm sitting down with an interview with someone else mm-hmm. or I'm in a conversation, I feel like I'm naturally one-on-one directionally com- conversing with somebody. But when I'm sitting here at the dining room table and you're on your laptop <laughs> back and forth, I feel like I'm snapping back and forth between, a, no, no, I'd say be, between like talking in third person or talking to you or talking to the uh, you who is listening right now. And I feel like a crazy person. Oh my God. <laughs> your audience no no i'm fine is it me? Is it uh, the universe no i just find that interesting and let, here so for this um i don't know it's really easy for this for this all to sound like oh man just like trust the process trust that everything's gonna work out and your art will find an audience and that you know if you work really hard when you get opportunity more opportunities will come from that and you know if you trust what you want like something that sounds like a bad thing you could actually be lead no like this isn't there's no fucking guarantees with any of this shit but it is to say the only reason i'm sharing this is because in case someone is listening right now and you find yourself in one of these situations if you find yourself and it just seems like you, the shit you've been putting out there hasn't been finding having the response or landing with people in the way you thought or uh you you're you're frustrated because you just got one great opportunity and you feel like you're missing out on other things or any of this stuff if if you it's really easy for this to feel like a glitch in the matrix there's something wrong with you in your career or even worse a sign from the universe that you should quit and that you've given enough and now's the time to pack it all in and get that whatever move on that this is just the way shit works it's not a glitch in the matrix this is how the journey works, whether it's big, small, something like a TV show. I think that's why I like uh, listening to so many interviews with actors because I feel like it gets me out of the specifics of listening to interviews with musicians, uh, especially musicians that do what I would like to be doing. Then I'm just listening specifically. And like in some way, like my inner self thinks I can just follow their journey and uh, find find my success just like they found their success. But listening, I feel like to actors or artists and other mediums allows me to listen metaphorically mm. into the thing behind the thing. And it gives me a little bit more grit to keep going when I'm frustrated or just trusting the process. Sarah's got her insight eyes on. Do you have anything you want to say? You're really like winding me up for nothing today. I wind you up for nothing all the time. That's my job. I'm working. Um, Anyway, good thoughts. (laughs) This podcast has been Sarah approved. (laughs) Have a great rest of your day.
Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations reported all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it, but he won't budge. So that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy. I wasn't even recording? <laughs> <Classic>. <laughs> Just kidding. No shit.